so we're going to switch gears. And uh, if you guys, I brought this up. You guys remember the video, like Dan said last week, Mark uh, carried this stool around Tallahassee. And uh, this was the stool that he sat on to teach when I came to E3. Uh, you guys don't know this, but after the 11 a.m. gathering this week, he gave this to me. So he turned around and said, it's yours now, buddy. And like, I don't know if you can see it, but like, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a gift that keeps giving. Lots of dust. So um, I wanted to share that with you guys, but I also want to show you, um, I want to also want to kind of uh, kick off today by showing you guys, uh, or just talking about another chair that's really important for me and important for this talk. This is a chair that came from, comes from our uh, green space out there, right? Um, and I, I, I want to bring this out and show you because this chair has significance for me because in March of last year, I sat in one of those chairs across from Pastor Mark, and uh, we had a conversation that changed my life. And I don't know if you've ever had one of those conversations. Anybody had a conversation that like, man, I feel my life just starting to bend in 15 or however many minutes long the conversation last year, like, my life's on a different tack now. So um, in March of 2016, Mark and I were sitting in the green space, and we were having one of those conversations. It was getting real. It was getting deep. And I said at one point, I said, Mark, um, I'm just ready for something new. You know, for those of you guys who maybe, maybe you need to be reminded, I did music in the church for um, not just E3, but in the church in general. I did music for like 18, 19 years. That was my gig, you know, and that was my identity and that was my title. But over the years, God was like, all right, I'm ready to move you out of that, Eric. I'm ready to move you out. And I was like, I don't know where this is going. And Mark and I were talking. I said, man, Mark, I, I feel like it's time for something new. You know, I'm not just music anymore. And Mark looked at me back and he said, what if that something new was at E3? And I was like, all right, let's talk about that. And, and that kicked off this, this, uh, this brainstorm and this vision of, hey, Mark's like, so much is going on through Red Eye, and we want so much more to go on through Red Eye that, Eric, maybe I need, Mark, maybe I, Mark needs to move and pay more attention to Red Eye and pay more attention to the property. And, Eric, what if I, Mark, did that? And, Eric, what if you, what if you led E3? So I was like, whoa. And then from that point on, you know, we started processing what that would mean personally for each of us and our families and also as the organization. So in September, I started leading this thing, right? And I was, and still am, like you got to know, there's a little bit of terror involved in this because I thought I knew everything. And I had a lot of sort of tools in my, in my ministry tool belt, but they were also kind of tools that, that were, centered around this spot and leading from there. But after I sat in that chair and we had that conversation, man, I realized I had to move up a weight class. <laughs> and it was stretching, and it still is stretching, you know? But it's brought us to here. And uh, se from September to here, uh, you know, we've been, as a staff, we've been working, and, and we've been trying to get clarity to try and figure out for, for ourselves and for me, what's it mean to, to serve a community as a lead pastor? Because I had to learn, and I'm still learning. And, and so what I want to do is, is, is go over again some of the basics of what we do here. So forgive me if this is old information for you, but I feel like it's always important to stay 
close to the basics. And the basics are simply this. E3 exists to make, mature, and mobilize fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ who love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, all their very much, their entire lives, and love their neighbors, love others as themselves. Look, if you haven't heard it before, I'll say it now. This is the only reason that E3 exists. This is the only reason the church exists. C.S. Lewis said that the church only exists to make what he called little Christs. And if you're not turning people into the likeness of Jesus, then for C.S. Lewis, he's like, you're not fulfilling your mission. And uh, based on writings like that and a conviction, we are like, yeah, we're going to go all in on this thing. This is why we do what we do. We don't exist to to have a bake sale unless we can say, hey, a bake sale is going to do this. We don't exist to do anything unless we can say we ex- unless we can say it ties into this. So that's our reality, and the staff is just trying to continually get clear on is everything that we're doing contributing to this? Because if it's not, we only have 24 hours a day. We only have a limited amount of energy. So we got to take a hard look at at whatever is doing that may not be contributing to this. So if you're here and you're new, that's why we're here. And uh, so you've also probably heard this part. We, we started looking at, at both contemporary wisdom, people who write about the church and, and say, look, how do you accomplish this? How do you turn people into a, a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ? Do you snap your fingers? Do you say magic words? Do you give them some special coat? I don't know. But if you looked and you studied and you had your eyes open wide enough and your ears open wide enough, you begin to see that over time, the church, it's actually pretty simple. It ain't easy, but it's simple. So my deepest conviction is that the way you transform somebody in the likeness of Jesus Christ is actually inviting them to do three things, one of which is what you're doing right now, engaging in corporate worship. Provide an arena where people can meet with God in a vital way. Music's a powerful tool for that, so we try to make the music as best we can. We try, we find, try to provide a space where God can, can speak to you and you can speak to God. And then the second way that people have always gr- grown is in small groups where people can sit down with other people and they can take off their masks and go, all right, let me tell you the reality of my life. Like, here's my, here's my Sunday morning lobby self and here's my living room self. And my living room self is hurting. And then other people can say, man, we got you. We want to help you with that. Or sometimes uh, you can say, here's my living room self, and somebody in your group might be, your living room self needs a little refinement. And to be able to sit in a space where human beings can hear words spoken to them that might be tough, but are honest and given and received in love, like that's important. And then lastly, people need to serve for a few different reasons. One, because God calls us to make an impact in the world, but also because service uh, um, gets us out of ourselves and meeting other people, and it also has a, a great effect, which we'll talk about in a second, on your actual group of people. You know, So we think that um, if you do these three things and if you provide an environment and three environments where people can do these things. Look, over time, this is the way people grow. So that's what we try to do. 
That's what we have laid our lives out to do right now. And um, what I want to do is uh, just kind of show you and just kind of review real quick, like, this is happening. So I'm not going to bore you with statistics, but, you know, we get about 400, 500 people, kids as well, on a Sunday worshiping, right? We try to make sure the music and the environment speak to you guys. And, and so we're doing our best to, like, say, man, let's provide an environment where people can, can uh, meet with God. Growth groups, we measure this every week. Uh, last week, we had 90 people meeting in growth groups. You guys did exactly what the 9 a.m. gathers, just blank spaces. Does that, what's that number do to you? What's that number do to you? I know you don't have a comparison. I'm just asking you. Is it a good number to you? All right. Yeah, it's a good start. That's the way we think. Yeah, compare. I mean, 90 people is more than what we used to have, not as many as we'd like. But it's a starting point. All right? And in service. I mean, we did this awesome worship uh, service thing yesterday. Let's show a couple pictures of it. You know, we have people co coordinate this to, to bless Miss Annie in Frenchtown. We've been a part of this ministry for a while. It's not the only thing we do. We have service inside the walls of this church, people serving coffee, people serving kids, people serving musically, serving in the tech booth, serving as growth group leaders, serving at Serve Tallahassee. We're sending, uh, we're sending multiple teams out this year around the world. Guatemala, Uganda, Haiti, service. So we're trying to do our best. And I want to, I'm, I'm a visual person. So a lot of times I sketch things out just to kind of make it real for myself in a different way. So what I want to show you is something that I just was, was brainstorming around and, and playing with this week. Uh, and I think of sometimes of the three things that we are inviting you to do. Worship, growth groups, service. I was just thinking them of as this diagram and overlapping spaces. And I want to show you from my point of view why like, you can't just say, I want to do the one thing, or I'm going to do the two, the two of the things. I'm not going to do the third thing. Like, all of these things work together. So, for instance, like, maybe you do the Sunday thing, and maybe you got a growth group. But the service thing, you're like, I think that's, you'd be like, man, I feel like it's an add-on. That's a plus one. I don't have time. Well, in my opinion... If you do the Sunday worship thing and you do the group thing and you never serve, this is what you, you miss. I think, one, you can tend to just become a holy club where, where your, your spirituality exists of people who are sitting in your living room, which is cool, or wherever your growth group meets, and you're like, hey, man, like, how, how's you doing? how you doing with God? And, and, and the other guy's like, I'm doing all right, man. That's, that's really cool. And you become just this group that looks at each other and go like, hey, am, am I okay? Am I okay? You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. But what you miss out on is the, is, the, is the idea that we're supposed to, A, get out of our chairs and go do something for the world out there. But this is, what, this is what else you miss. Guess what? The world does not look like your growth group. It does not look like your growth group. So a lot of the times, what I have encountered in the world is I'll sit in my, in my living room. You okay? You okay. But guess what? There's people out in the world that are looking at my growth group and going like, I'm looking at both of you and neither of you are okay. 
So sometimes when we serve, we meet people who don't look like us. We meet people who don't think like us. We meet people who don't even experience God like us. And we need that flavor in our lives. If you miss out on service, you are missing out on how big and grand God's world is and God's kingdom is. So what about two other areas? Maybe, maybe you do Sunday. Maybe you do corporate worship. And maybe you do service, but you're like, growth group? Uh-uh, no, no. No, no. I guess I would, I would start off by just asking you then, who knows you? Who knows you? It's one of my core beliefs of like what it means to be human is that we need a place where we can be honest. Who knows the last 10% of your life? We need that. We need that safety. And one of our core values of E3 is authenticity. Is if there's not a place where you are, can take off your mask or where you're willing to take off your mask, you're missing a huge invitation that God has for you. Last two areas. What if you do growth group and service, but in regards to Sunday, you're like, well, I may come once a month, or I come, but it's really just to check off the, the, mental, block, or the mental box or the emotional box, and I don't really engage, so I'm just here for, for the coffee. I love my growth group. I love to serve Sunday and. Eh. And I would just say, man, like another core group, a core belief of mine as a human being is that I need to acknowledge that there is something at the center of the universe and it's not named Eric Case. And so when I come into space on Sunday, man, I just come in here for the reminder. It's like wherever I have tried to put myself back on the throne of my life and the center of my universe, Sunday takes me back out of that. And I remember, oh, yeah, there's somebody else who's at the center of the universe. His name's God. And it's, my life is so much better when God's at the center of my universe and not me. And music, like just the transcendent, the opportunity to transcend where I'm at through music and through just powerful lyrics. I need reverence and awe in my life. That's what's missing. If I just do growth group, I just do service. Man, get, hear me out. God can do awesome things through these two things, but you're always missing a huge part of the kingdom if you just do the two and you don't do the three. So at the center of it all, again, obviously, real life transformations happens when you just throw yourself into all three arenas. And you just say, man, God, do with me what you will. It may happen like that. It may happen over a long period of time. But it'll happen. You know why I know this? Because it's happening now. It's happening now. I get the privilege of hearing the stories because I meet with a lot of you guys. And let me tell you, God is at work in our community. What I did a couple weeks ago is I asked some of our creative people, our staff people, I said, man, you know what? I want you to go out and I want you to, to talk to some people that I think can bring some perspective of what God's doing right here, right now at E3. And so they went and they just took a video camera and they asked some people some really basic questions so that you don't have to hear this from me. You can hear this from each other through this video. So we're going to just show this. Uh, the video is about four and a half minutes long. This is a, just people. Please understand, these are not super Christians, mainly because super Christians don't exist. These are just people who say, I'm going to live life in these three arenas of group, worship, and service. And God is doing some cool stuff. So we're going to cue this up. Watch this video. We're on camera now. We are? Yes, we're on camera. Act natural. You did it. 
I'm Maddie Sander. I'm Tyler Summer. My name is Renee Morgan Brown. My name is Brittany Allman. My name, okay. Yeah, my name is Chris Carlberg. I'm Karen Gibbons. And I am Mark Marcosi. So we're Larry and Mary Coffee. So I've been here for about a year now, but in total it's probably about three. I've been at E3 for almost a year and a half now. Well, I've been coming to E3 um, about two years. I've been at E3 since 2013, so I guess about four years. We've been at E3 for six months. We started at E3 about six months after the official launch, so in the winter of 2004. Well, I'm plugged in at the service ministry to serve Tallahassee and also with the women's, I mean the She3 Women PM group. I attend the Wednesday evening She3, She3 <laughs> group. An active member in the She3 um, evening group. Uh, my primary plug-in and serving place right now is the She3 ministry, and that has been for several years now. I'm all about all things She3, making sure that our women have a place to share with one another and, and grow in Christ and, and do that together. Um, I'm plugged in with Student Ministries, uh, Senior High specifically. Uh, I really love that. Uh, I'm also involved in Growth Group. Uh, I'm in the Overstreet Growth Group. Yeah, I'm in Mike's Growth Group. Yeah, and I'm also volunteering at um, E3 Kids with the Little Toddlers. So I'm working on the tech team. Uh, in fact, I'm in back doing, doing graphics. I'm also uh, involved in the Friday morning men's group called Fight Club. Through the hardships and difficulties of life, community became really painful for me. And rather than totally disconnect from community, I felt like God was reteaching me how to trust Him through being in community again. I think when you allow God to change your life, that's when, that's when things start happening. Writing a lot of wrongs, I think, and I think I'm, grow I think I'm growing in that way through my growth group. My growth group has had a big impact in my, on my life. I have like an everyday relationship with God now. Well, no, God's really opened up my, my heart and my mind to really see what He's called me to do, and my spirituality has really grown a lot. What isn't God doing in my life? Um, God is teaching me about patience, about the importance of community, about the importance of finding a place um, with like-minded people. I've also learned through God how to trust in relationship, uh, trust in relationship with other women in particular, and really open up. I have been more and more challenged to kind of live more into God's calling for me. I love the music at E3. It's probably my favorite part of Sunday. No offense, Eric. <laughs> I also love student ministries, like I said. The realness of all of the functions of E3. The people that are, are running E3 are phenomenal people. One thing I look forward to every month is uh, worship night, the first oh, Sunday yeah. worship night. is just really powerful. Most excited about the service ministry, the women's group, I think. Two things that I'm really excited about. One is, is kind of the growing sense of 
community. I'm very excited to see the men's ministry growing here. To bring them in and love people where they are, um, and then help them grow and then help them, them go out, whether it's in the community or in the world or in their office, in their home, whatever. I think that's, that's, that's the thing that's always been exciting to me about, about Element 3. So as I close, I want to invite you, if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to turn to the book of Colossians. Um, when I started uh, working at a church um, years and years and years ago, I stumbled across this passage of Scripture, and it, and it captured my imagination, and it has forever since captured my imagination. Uh, in the end of chapter 1 of the book of Colossians, which is this, this letter that a church leader writes to a, a church, um, a guy named Paul, he says this. He, and he's referring to Jesus Christ, he is the one that we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy that Christ so powerfully works in me. And when I read that, you know, 19 almost years ago, what, I, what, what God put in my head is he said, Eric, that's your job description. As a person who wants to lead people and help people and shepherd people, it was really cool to see one of the original dudes, Paul, saying, you know why I do what I do? He says, I want to present everyone fully mature in Christ. And just so you know, just so we're clear, mature in the New Testament is not an age thing. It's not even a, like, who gets the best Bible answers right. Mature in the New Testament, especially for Paul, really equals God's love. For Paul, if you said, what's a mature person look like? Paul would say, how do they love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength? And how do they love others? That's maturity. So Paul says, look, that's why I do what I do. What I'm telling you right now this morning, that's why I do what I do. I don't do what I do for numbers. I don't do what I do to get a pat on the back from a good message, Pastor Eric, which, by the way, if Chris is here, we're going to have a talk because, hey, music is good, but I matter too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't do what I do to get a pat on the back. I don't do what I do to do anything except to present people mature in Christ. But Paul doesn't stop there. He goes on. Starts off chapter two, just flows right into it. Paul says, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea, just the, where the church is at, and for all who have not met me personally. Paul says again, my goal, my job description is that they, meaning you, would be encouraged in heart and united in what? Love so that they may have the full riches of, under, of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. Again, I don't do this and we don't do this for anything except for God to transform your lives. And he says, look, in whom, Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. 
That is what gets me out of bed in the morning. That is my true north. That's why I do what I do. My heart is for you guys to be mature in Christ and to know and have complete understanding. And so uh, I told the staff this morning, look, I'm speaking for the staff. I don't always try to do this. But I, I think that that scripture has in it some commitments that we can make to you. So this is our commitment to you. And this is what you can expect out of us. And this is what we desire for you. One is that we teach the way of Jesus here. Paul says in, it's him that we proclaim. We don't preach the way of E3 to the best we can, we preach the way of Jesus to you. Our commitment is to you also is that we do this for your maturity. That you would be mature in love, not in, I don't know, arrogance or, or, or pride or anything. Maturity equals love of God and love of others. We do this also for, um, well, actually, what I would say is this, our commitment is that this starts with us. Paul says in the scriptures that, that, the, that the spirit of Jesus is at work in him in, dynamically. So what our commitment is, is that we surrender our lives before we ask you to surrender your lives. Or maybe more properly, we do it together. And we would say this is for the encouragement of your heart and unity. Unity and love, encouragement of heart. And then lastly, that we do this in our desires, that you have the full riches of wisdom and knowledge. Yes, we want to teach you things about Jesus, but we also want you to use it to love others and to love God. So that's our commitment to you. But guess what? Just a few verses after that, Paul says this. He says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord... Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. You see, just as we make commitments to you, we're going to expect some things and hope some things from you. So here's what we would like you to commit to and what our expectations are with you. You keep on walking. Paul says, look, you were strengthened, you were rooted in Christ, keep on living this life. If you've been around E3, you might remember this phrase that Mark introduced to us. There's a point that you got to cut your own waffle. <laughs> Anybody remember this phrase? Look, what this means is that eventually you have to step up and own your spiritual journey. And you can't keep putting it back on the staff. There's a point at which you have to say, you know what? I'm walking out my life. And it's my spiritual journey. So we would expect and hope that you would get to the point. I would, we know it takes time. But eventually, you got to cut your own waffle spiritually. It's not up to us anymore at some point. We also expect that of you. Live out what you know. Man, if we tell you about loving God and loving your neighbors as yourself, and you walk out of these doors, and you're like, you know, cut somebody off in traffic and give them the universal sign of peace <laughs> then we would say man this isn't about what we do in here it's what you do out there lastly we would ask you to be thankful paul says overflow with thankfulness so don't become arrogant 
And don't use your spirituality as a weapon. Let your spirituality trigger an attitude of thankfulness because you should know how much God has given you and be grateful for it. So that's our commitment to you and that's our hope for you. And that's why we do what we do and that's why we're excited to see what God is doing now. So I'm gonna invite you guys to stand up. We're gonna take just a couple minutes. I know we're running a little bit short on time. And we're going to have an opportunity to do this worship thing again and to say thank you for this God that has given so much to us. Let's do that. Thank you.